What's up, guys? It's Camel Kids. Thank you so much for joining me again on another episode of the Astro Mind Podcast. I'm doing these more frequently. Yes. Yes, of course. I told you. We're, we're out here. I love you guys. I hope you're doing well. Here's peace. Here's love. Here's life. Take that. I hope you're having an amazing day. If you're not, please choose to do so. Don't let anything rob your joy. Just choose to be your best and happiest self today. On this episode of the podcast, I've got D. Elliot or Neil Elliot on the podcast, uh, a wonderful, wonderful human being, his life experience, his journey through spirituality and what he's developed in his book is just, it's extremely helpful. And I'm glad to have him on the channel. His expertise is uh, very nourishing. If uh, if you guys catch my drift, uh, you know, I know you just just cut, come on with me, Neil. Please uh, introduce yourself. Let the people know uh, a little bit more about you. What your uh, you know just uh, some of your backstory where you where you started and all this. Well, thank you so much. It, uh, it's a real pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you, Same. sir. Same. Uh, <clears throat> so, who am I? You know, uh, we'll keep it short. Uh, so my first initial is D and then it's Neil Elliott. And uh, the reason I did the D was just to differentiate myself on the, on the internet. Uh, born in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Lived across Canada in a few different places. Uh, still in Canada. Currently 61 years old. Uh, married with uh, three kids and five grandchildren. And uh, my grandkids are all in Texas, south of Houston. Uh, I'm a professional engineer with an MBA. And I uh, worked in the hydroelectric utility industry for pretty much all of my career. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I manage large teams, engineering teams that, uh, you know, fix things, build things, powerhouses, dams, mm. spillways, substations, those kinds of things, transmission lines, distribution lines, things that get electricity generated and electricity to your home. So you can charge your, uh, you know, iPad and your iPhone and <laughs> a very, very uh, needed, yes, <laughs> highly skilled individual. Well, you know, I have uh, I've been at it for a long time, so uh, and uh, so my spiritual journey you did ask about that. Mm. Uh, you know, it started back in the 90s, so I was in my 30s, and uh, I started to read you know, all the books that you've probably read yourself, you know, Wayne Dyer's of the World and Louise Hayes and um, Tony Robbins, those kinds of things mm. to uh, yeah. to uh, get going down that path. And then I got very busy with work. And, um, you know, in the 2000s, I didn't read those kinds of books very much. I was more into, you know, novels, murder mysteries, things like that. But essentially, uh, my consciousness... And the way my thinking and feeling drove me to a place of on the brink of suicide. And I had just come across a uh, document. I So back up a little bit, had this, we built, my wife and I built this beautiful waterfront home about four hours from Vancouver, and it required a ferry and a drive. Wow. And... Uh, it was waterfront. It was beautiful. It was mag it's a magnificent house. We no longer own it. You'll have to invite um, me over. What do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you the pictures. Uh, so we um, we built this house, and um, and we're both consultants. And my uh, wife is uh, a strategist, and she works with executives and CEOs. 
I, being a project manager, looking after these projects uh, uh, for some clients. And all of our clients were in Vancouver. So every couple of weeks, we had to travel this four-hour journey one way. We had to rent an apartment, uh, so we had somewhere to stay. Um, and uh, so we've got this enormous cost of this waterfront house and this apartment. And I was just working on it. If you're a consultant, you'll understand this. You typically don't take stats. You typically don't take a lot of holidays because every day you take off is a day that isn't paid. You don't get paid for sick time, things like that. And although my wife was okay with the travel and she liked it, it was driving me weary and, uh, you know, financial pressures and stuff. Mm. And um, essentially I got to this place where, you know, what's life about? I, you know, kind of at the end of my rope, it's like I'm working hard, I'm working all kinds of hours, I'm making all kinds of money, and I'm not getting ahead, we're just kind of getting worse and worse. And the 2008 crash, unfortunately, um, Vancouver itself just kind of plowed through and kept increasing in house prices. But in the area we built this beautiful waterfront home, it crashed and it never recovered. And so got to this point where we had the house up for sale for over six years, almost seven years. And uh, we couldn't get any bites to sell. And we were looking at losing seven figures uh, with a sale. And um, finally, you know, and I'm at the end of my rope, I just wanted to cash in at that point and uh, let my wife collect the life insurance. And yeah. deeply depressed, those kinds of things. And so the house finally, we we're in Vancouver, the house finally, uh, we got notice of uh, a sale. And uh, my wife jumped on a plane to go to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to visit with her brother and the rest of her family. And I sat down and crafted a suicide note. A week prior to that, I had just come across this document that promised to liberate me from my current situation. I was at the end of my rope. I had been reading a bunch of uh, other new spiritual books uh, to try and change my attitude and... Uh, and I just, I could not, everything had, every, you know, well-written, all good authors, everything promised to help me, and they all had processes. I just could not change how I thought about things. I could not shift my thinking or my consciousness. And um, so I came across this document, I crafted my suicide note, and I thought, okay, I'm going to give life one more chance. I'm going to try this new learning, this blueprint document, if it doesn't work, I can always commit suicide six months from now. Um, and so I put it, put the suicide note aside and I started to study this document. And a year, almost a year to the day, I transformed myself from being deeply depressed and uh, at the end of my rope to just full of peace, love, joy, feeling abundance, feeling gratitude for everything that I owned and the things that I had, you know, we all collect things that we have over the years and we don't use them. And, uh, you know, I was just, I was at a point where I'm happy to give this away to other people, let them use it. I don't need it. I need very little to be happy in life because being happy in life is not about how much money you have or how many things you own. Being happy in life is about your attitude, how you think, how you feel, and those things drive your every experience. And, um, yeah, so that's, and then a year later, I, um, 
I thought I need to share this information with people, but if I, you know, I wanted to stand on the rooftops and shout it at the top of my lungs, but I thought, you know, I'd be, you know, I'm a professional engineer, I have an MBA, been mm-hmm. in the, this industry, and here I am, you know, spouting this other really esoteric stuff that changed my life and uh, thinking I'm going to be looked at like a nutcase. And so I struggled with it for a couple of years in terms of how can I share this? And I decided the best way is to share my journey in a book and to uh, go through the same process I went through to offer this seven-step process that I went through that transformed my life. And uh, quite frankly, I believe that if you know, if everybody was to embark on this journey, and I'm not saying they're going to, but if everybody was, we would usher in a new area era of love and peace throughout the world. And uh, all the stuff that we experience right now of, you know, hate and racism and, um, you know, uh, anger where, or, or outrage about place of origin and, you know, all those things, sexism, all that stuff would just disappear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, so that's how I came to writing my book. That's kind of, that's the short strokes, so to speak, of <laughs> yeah. how I got to where I got. No, that's phenomenal because uh, one of the main things that I dealt with, uh, especially starting my journey, was this sense of uh, like a, a lack of value, this this worthlessness, this you know self-loathing that I had, uh, even as a young kid uh, going through, because I, I just didn't see the value in life unless you were you know, the best of the best, or, you know, you had this uniqueness about you that I didn't perceive that I had. So everything I did spiritually stemmed from that sense of, uh, you know, that wound that I had. Uh, And so I feel like genuinely, like you said, it would usher in a new era if we were to develop in ourselves these traits, this love, abundance, peace, and, you know, this patience in us. Uh, So naturally, I want to ask you (laughs) what what these seven steps are and if anyone can use them. Is this something that you have to be like a Buddhist monk for or, you know, you know, you have to be relatively successful to even start? No, it's, um, you know, we talk more about the seven steps success, uh, and that, and I can tell you a little bit about the structure of my book, um, just which gives a, an idea of this. But to answer your question in short, no, this doesn't require, you know, this is um, irrespective of where you are, whether you're wealthy or poor, ill or healthy, or, you know, living in on the street or in a mansion somewhere. This is irrespective of any of that. Because that's all situations that um, you know we create for ourselves, and 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 how do we do that? We can we'll talk a little bit more about that. But this is for anybody, and the process I went through that opened my mind up to be able to understand and receive this new information, which I share in my book. Um is a key point for people to get to this place where they'll accept reading that information and then make a decision for themselves. If I was to just present this information to you without going through a bit of a process to ensure that all of us are on the same page. So my book is structured in a way to kind of get everybody in the same page. There will be some people that may be already there and there will be some people that this is all new to. 
So the book is structured in a way to, to walk people through things and to get them to this point where they are open enough, or at least I hope they are open enough to accept this information. Then the idea is to read this information, understand it, and make a decision for themselves of whether they want to actually go through the seven steps or whether they, you know, would, you know, pass on it and kind of carry on with their life the way they are. I so, like that choice. Yeah, no. It, yeah. I like that it's yeah, presented so my, that way. Go ahead. Yeah, so my, my book is structured. So the, what I've done in my book, can I talk about that for a moment? I Absolutely, the yeah. Of the book. <laughs> can yeah. I rabbit holes, man. I I got tons of them. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. I like rabbit holes or, yeah, I go down there. Shiny object syndrome. <laughs> so, Honestly, I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, part one of my book is just an introduction and uh, what you're going to learn in the book. So it sets up for, you know, kind of where I was at, how I got there, and then this is how the book is structured. Part two of the book is really, um, you know, a few chapters, a memoir of my life that describes, you know, in a lot of detail, actually, uh, not detail, tedious detail, I hope, but probably more than most authors share, but it's in there for an illustration to demonstrate to people how each of us creates our every experience and every circumstance that comes into our life. And I, so I use specific examples of things that happened to me that steered me on a path of thinking and a belief system about myself and about others that created this mindset that I have that then attracted and drew into my life all of these experiences that I didn't like or did like because, you know, I had some good ones too. But, um, you know, that, that's what that's in there for as an illustration. Yes. Part three of the book is really science. This information that I'm giving will bridge the gap between spirituality and science. And this I believe this information that I'm going to provide in my book, if a quantum physicist read it, they would be able to make some inroads into um, scientific, spiritual, um, medical advancement for all of humanity. That's a big statement, and, Neil. <laughs> it is. And when you read my book, yeah. you, you might, you know, and it is, it's a bold statement, but I believe it to be true. That's, that's pretty cool. It sounds like a unified theory of, you know, spirituality and science that you have. Very interesting. It, it, it is. And it's not my theory. So, you know, this is, none of this is from me. I'm sharing what I learned. And so I'm not taking ownership or authorship of this. Mm. This, is, um, this is stuff that I've learned, and I'm going to direct people to read some specific things in that. So in the science book, or in the science section, I talk about consciousness, and I give examples of how globally we are where we're at today and how we're headed down this we're okay we're in a bit of um what shall i say the world is undergoing a um dispensation of energy right now which is opening people up to be more spiritual I but at that. the same time things that we have already put in motion it's a law of cause and effect it will come into manifestation and we have done individually and collectively things which is going to bring more and more 
pain and suffering and destruction uh, until we individually change our consciousness. And as more and more individuals change their consciousness, collectively we will start to change our consciousness. We will start to think differently, act differently, feel differently. And over time, whether that's a century, five centuries, a millennia, I don't know. Over time, we will shift the way we are globally. Hmm. And we will shift what this planet, what the inhabitants on this planet are doing uh, to each other. Right. And so uh, this part three of this science, it's, and we talk about mind and means, and we talk about, I talk about mind and cells. So the effect of thinking and feeling on our biology. And I talk about mind and brain, the effect of thinking uh, and feeling on, um, on our brains and how discoveries in neuroplasty of the brain uh, changes. So this is all that's in layman terms so to speak so it's easy to understand and and this i say good. layman terms because i was writing it so right yeah <laughs> it's like this is good i wouldn't be able to follow it if it... <laughs> it's too and technical. then i give some i give some examples of uh, some books that if you if this is new to you i suggest you read them i recommended reads easy mm -hmm. reads but explain things well i'm a big believer in not summarizing some author's work because I could easily misinterpret it. And so I, what I like to do is say, this is the kinds of things these authors are talking about. These are the conclusions they're drawing. And if you really want to understand this stuff, you should read that author. That's good. Because if, yeah. because if I do it, I could totally, you know, misinterpret it. And then I'm just spreading the wrong information. And then, um, then what I do is I, we get, if people follow the scientific knowledge, you know, what we, so as scientists, what we measure and observe and, and calculate are things that we believe to be real because mm -hmm. we can prove them, right? You know, we do phys physics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So quantum physicists, you know, they're in this realm of theoretical physics that Newtonian phys physicists uh, will reject. Or some of them will reject because this whole thing of um, you know our, our society right now uh, in terms of science is this Newtonian you know I got to see it to believe it versus if I believe it eventually I will see it ah. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> so Indeed. these are the kinds of things that we're going to talk about and then what I do is I introduce you to a woman who had a near-death experience uh -huh. and I chose and I chose this particular near-death experience because what she does in her book is she describes what she experiences after death and she describes a reality of consciousness which helps stretch all of our minds to something that you just cannot understand by your own experience and um, history. And you certainly can't look to science to describe this. So I use her example um, to really stretch people's minds and to open them up about this level of consciousness. And then we move into a section where I introduce this new material, this blueprint document, and 
Um, and I explain to people why I don't just hand that out to them right from the get-go. Because the marketing of it, the uh, visuals of it, people would look at that. If I saw that, when I saw that document to begin with, or when I saw that information to begin with, if I had not been on the verge of committing suicide, I would have run from that document. I would have rejected it, and I would have run and said it's hogwash. Why? Is just tell you. Does it just seem it's too just, out there? It's it's the marketing of it. Uh-huh. It's um, it it's the way it's marketed is um, put it this way. It's it's marketed in a very religious way, and I'm not a and I'm not religious. That's but it's all marketed it takes. In a very, it, it it that's all it. Yeah. So if you know, and I can tell you right now, anybody that is Christian will probably reject this information. People that are not introduced to it in the right way will ignore this information. And the, the problem is that this information will sows the seeds for a spiritual evolution for the planet, for individuals. And so what I want to do is I want to introduce people to this information in a way which opens them up to think about consciousness in a different way. And then we get into this new document that describes consciousness for you in a way which you cannot imagine, but it's very, it's, it's easy to understand, but it doesn't mean you're going to understand it immediately. Hmm. It takes time and dedication. You got to read it slowly. It's, it's, um, I have put together this whole compendium of information that I utilized. And I've formatted it in a way which makes it easier to read than the original information. And, um, and I provide that after people have read the book, they get access to it. So my book is structured in a way where we do introduction, then we do a memoir of my life, which illustrates my history. Then we do science. Then I introduce you to this new information and I give you some excerpts of that information. So you'll be able to make a decision when you finish my book, if you want to go back and do the seven steps. Uh, whether this intrigues you or not. If it doesn't intrigue you, so, and then, oh, sorry, and then just to finish that off, so we introduce this new document, I give you some excerpts from this document, and then what I do in the final chapter is I explain my personal experiences as I've gone through this journey. And, uh, and then the end, once you finish the book, um, then I say, then, so my recommended approach is you read the book, my book cover to cover. Of course. You get a full understanding of the concepts, mm-hmm. uh, that are being, that have been talked about and presented. And then if it interests you, you go back and either start with some of the science books, if that intrigues you or start directly with step one. Mm-hmm. And step one is this, um, near death experience. All right. And so, and then, oh, then you go through the book, you know, right. and then. You can, if you go back and do that, then you just, you follow the steps. Right. And so are these steps quite esoteric in nature? I mean, if step one is near-death experience, then, I mean, where do we progress from there? Is it just like you're explaining that you could possibly be a consciousness beyond this body? It's like you're not this physical body. So you are not this physical body. Uh You are. So here I'll give you a little teaser, so to speak. We are not matter possessing consciousness. We are 
consciousness made visible through the vibrational descent of electrical particles. Beauty. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way that was explained. I was like, ah, yes, it feels good. I don't really understand all of it, but it feels nice. I get it. I get it. Very nice. So, yeah. And um, I also explain in the book what our, you know, kind of um, why we're reincarnated. Oh, really? So um, that's explained. So that that explains why you keep coming back and why you keep having the experiences you have. Mm -hmm. And until you actually understand this new knowledge and then put it to use, you will continue to come back and you will have lifetimes of joy and happiness and wealth and you will have lifetimes of misery and despair. And it is the... Um, it is the lessons we learn through suffering that cause us to wake up and ask questions about what's the point of life? Why are we here? What are we doing? There's got to be something bigger beyond us. Because if there isn't, we might as well just end it now. Right. Yeah. And I can tell you there is something much greater and much more magnificent beyond what we think is our reality. Hmm. And I can say that because this is the process I've gone through. All right. Would you say, uh, well, what are your beliefs on, on God or higher power or, you know, source consciousness, you know, the buzzwords for it. And what do you think is, is behind all of this, uh, from a scientific perspective, you know, with your unique background? Well, okay, so let's um, talk about science first, and then we'll come back to that. Sure. So right now, science believes that there was a Big Bang, but they don't know what was before the Big Bang, or they don't know the impetus for the Big Bang. They also believe that, or they also state that electrical, electromagnetism just is. Hmm. And that we know from our scientific understanding today there's nothing solid under the sun right there's nothing solid in the universe if you go to a subatomic level we are all just energy there's Mm -hmm. more space in us (laughs) than there is anything that's solid but we perceive it to be solid why do we perceive it to be solid uh it's part of this process it's a tool so um uh, the we are here to experience ourselves and in order to do that we need to be individualized and in order to be individualized there is um, an impetus behind creation that created electromagnetism to be able to individualize itself and so when we're here we're individuals when we pass on from this life we go back into a unified whole yeah but you retain your individuality and you will continue to be reincarnated until you actually learn why you're here and then you start to transcend your ego okay gotcha and so i and i'm talking about a whole bunch of things that people are going to go what the heck is he talking about so i'll I'll, uh, try and keep it simple so um your original question was what is my belief around the source and or our creator or whatever the buzzword is that you want to want to use so, um, so before the Big Bang, uh, so okay, let me back up. So 
I'll call it universal consciousness. That's the term I'll use. So universal consciousness is in silence and stillness in everything. So if you think of atoms, it is the, the space in the atom. Mm. And it cannot be detected and it will never be detected by science because it is in silence and equilibrium. So matter, no matter how they probe that space, they're never going to detect anything. Well, why though? How is that? Is it because it's just not interacting with anything? It's not interacting with anything. Yeah. Hmm. It's in silence and in equilibrium. Right. So uh, when, so then it, so it, so let's call it the source of our being, wanted to experience itself it created the big bang which then created an activity of consciousness that can be in silence and stillness or can be individualized into different dimensions and one of those is this dimension that we're in right now which is human form when you read this near-death experience or you read any near-death experience i chose this one in particular because she describes consciousness well when you read other near-death experiences you will see the commonality between all of them and commonality are things have you read any near-death experiences uh i have i have read quite a few actually now that i think about it but uh i talk quite widely about astral projection uh out-of-body experiences uh, near-death experiences so on on my channel so uh, that's a a topic that i love and i because it was my inception into spirituality i had a okay an accidental astral projection experience and i was like oh my gosh oh. okay then this is a thing <laughs> this is a thing this is right. a thing so um so then you'll know this and some of the commonalities and you'll be able to choose even more but some of the commonalities are things they will say you know, we come from unconditional love. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a place of absolute peace and joy and love, and so those are commonalities that um, I also share some statistics in my book um, from some medical scientists that have explored this and. You know, they surveyed a number of near-death experiences and then came up with a list of nine commonalities, I think it was, between them and then rate them um, accordingly. So one of them is we are unified when we die and we come from unconditional love. This near-death experience that I share in the book, um, I chose that one because she describes that level of consciousness between when she's so this is uh, the the book is called dying to be me by anita morjani mm. and she was have you read that book i have not no but i'll add okay. it to my list add it to your list yeah. so um she suffered from a and i recommend everybody read this book she uh battled an aggressive cancer for you know four years and uh finally she to come to that and was rushed to the hospital as she was in a coma when she arrived at the hospital and the doctors told her husband she wouldn't make it through the night about 24 hours later she woke up and declared she would be totally fine within two weeks they couldn't find a trace of cancer in her body 
What more do we she need? Des- <laughs> she describes <laughs> she describes what she experienced in that coma. And she describes it in a way which will stretch your mind. I didn't understand it, but she came back with a few key messages. One was, you know, we come from unconditional love. That she felt she expanded to be a part of everything in the universe. And that we're not judged after death. And many, many more things. Now, I didn't understand it at the time, Mm. but when I read that book, that gave me the out to commit suicide because I had this little nagging Christian doubt, which was if I commit suicide, I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. But after I read her book, I went, okay, I don't understand this, but if I believe it, then I can commit suicide and not worry about it because I'm not going to be judged. Right. And what sense does that even make to be judged for being so done with it that you choose to end it? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't want to get into Christian. (laughs) I I don't because I could I could wrestle that a lot because I came from Christianity. Uh, Okay, but well, and and um, these are constructs that we put together. You know, so things that we believe today individually and collectively are things that have occurred over, you know, centuries. And some of it's just embedded in us. And then as as we evolve um, as a society, you know, we've become subject to a bunch of other beliefs and we are driven by marketing and we adopt these things. So, you know, young girls having you know, uh, body issues on image, you know, that's not driven by, you know, that's a lot of that, I believe is driven by all the marketing and all the, you know, everybody looks, tries to look beautiful and they look the best and everybody's comparing themselves to others. This, we are here not to have an external journey. Our journey is within our journey is our silence and stillness within us. And we have to have that spiritual journey internally. It is not something that you're going to get externally. Mm. You are here to express, and I'll, now I'll call this God. You are here to express God, not to be subject to any wrath, any sin. There is no sin. There is no wrongdoing. There is only expression of love. Yeah. And that's where we need to get. We need to get to this place where we feel internally we are just so brimming with unconditional love. And it's an unconditional love that is beyond what, you know, you would say, I have unconditional love for my children. It's beyond that. There's no judgment. It is Mm -hmm. just understanding. When you read this information, if you can understand this information when you read it, you will understand why everybody does what they do. It yeah. is, it's, it's, and that's why I want to share this information. And that's why I want, and my hope is that my book is read worldwide, not, you know, because I'm looking to make a bunch of money. I'm not money, you know, money's nice because it gets us things that we want. As long as we can have, you know, pay for our housing and have food and <laughs> have a little bit of joy in our lives Mm. you know you don't need much more you don't need a bunch of things right Mm. 
So, because it's not the things that give you the pleasure. You know, you think about, think about our behavior. Our behavior is we work hard. We go after a goal, right? We, we try and stimulate ourselves. Oh, I'm going to get a new car and I'm going to get, you know, this kind of BMW, whatever. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get that car. You get that car and you have this joy inside you, right? You feel, oh, this is so great, you know, and, and, um, you know, you have it for a while and you feel so proud of this car. And then it starts to get mundane after you've had it for a while. That that joy starts to wear off. And so what you do is you show it off to your friends, right? Oh, look at my new car. Hey, you know, you get a little boost because they're a little envious of it, perhaps. But at some point, it just wears off. And then so what do you do? You set another goal. You go after another goal. I'm going to get another house. That is the trap, Neil. <laughs> that <laughs> so is you're it. Just, so all you're doing is chasing these ego-driven desires to try and get you back to the place where you already are and don't know it. Hmm. You come from unconditional love, and all of these material things don't matter. And But to get there, it's a journey within. It's not a journey without. Right. And that's what this whole process is about. And it and it's presented in a way which is really easy, simple to follow. Okay. But I've it takes a, dedication and effort to do it. I've got a question pertaining to, uh, you know, different religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs that people may hold. Say someone is atheist. The information that that you've experienced yourself that, that you're trying to spread sounds like i mean the, the same message for a lot of different people told in different ways but it's that message of unconditional love and that all of us are one and all these different things uh but the barrier to that i feel like in some instances is science and it's abhorrence to spirituality and for good reason sometimes i mean there's lots of spiritual buffoonery going on but if i were atheist for instance and you were telling me that we come from a unified consciousness and that you know there's unconditional love and you know there's anything after death i would immediately shut you down most likely i'd be like okay well i don't believe in any of that i'm quite nihilistic we're just here doing this thing and we'll be gone tomorrow. We're insignificant blips in the universe. What would you say is your rebuttal to someone who's having difficulty understanding that? What's your modicum of proof for that? Okay, so um, we're going to come at this a couple ways, okay? Sure. So first is to be able to communicate with somebody you really need to understand their story, how they got to where they are. So you need, everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own life. You know, you put people in a room, they're going to tell you how they got where they got. You just, you have to listen. And so when you listen, you may be able to find little cracks in their system that you can know. So this is the engineer in me thinking this way. <laughs> so there, there, <laughs> there may be some things in their in their belief system that you can start to ask questions that maybe pry those cracks open a little wider, so they might actually let in a little bit of different thinking. But you know, the reality is, I'm not pushing this on anybody, and I will never push my beliefs on anybody. 
if you're open and curious, I'm going to tell you about it. And if you're not curious, then, you know, that's, that's your lifetime, this lifetime. It's not for me to tell anybody what they should believe or not believe or what they should follow or not follow. They are here on their own spiritual journey to learn the things that they need to learn. And so I can't get in the way of that. But if somebody is says, you know, I'd really like to understand more about what you're talking about, then, you know, I'm happy to share um, information that I have that may get them to a point where they go, okay, I'd like to learn more. And, and again, because I'm not summarizing other people's work, um, I will always be saying, you know, here's uh, my goal is to, and I'm not a marketer, but my goal is to get people curious enough for they and open enough where they'll actually read this information and then make a decision for themselves. Mm, just lead them to the door. You're like Morpheus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, if you're agnostic, that's the, you know, that's an, someone who's agnostic, which is what I would have said I am, is I believe something's bigger than us. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I believe in, you know, prior to this, I would say, I'm not sure I believe in what any religion is saying. Not in its that's entirety, true. no. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, there's elements of truth. I mean, I have some friends that are Muslim and, um, you know, they keep telling me, you know, there's only one God. <laughs> you, you know, whether it's Christian or Protestant or whatever other Buddhism, whatever it is, there's only one God. And I think everybody believes that. They, God is God called by different names by, you know, different languages, but God is still God, right? The, this whole concept, though, of, <clears throat> you know, a God on high that punishes those that are wicked or bad or sinful and rewards those that are good, whatever that is, is, you know, just something that got created by human minds because they couldn't understand what it was, this is my belief anyway, human minds, because they couldn't actually understand what we understand today. You know, so 2,000 years ago, how could anybody say to you, you know, we know you're not solid. There's nothing solid. We're just energy. Yes. You would, you know, they have just like, what are you talking about? But like, put him in the nut house. Right. You know, today, today, we today, we can say it, that, you know, there's nothing solid at a subatomic level, you are just energy. But that hasn't seeped into your consciousness yet. I mean, I'm going to say that as if it's not in yours, but I'm not, I'm not actually. It's, it's, it's not all the time. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I feel yeah, well, very solid. <laughs> well, because we feel very solid and we know that if we stood in front of a bus, we'd be dead, right? Yeah. 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 But when you, after you experienced, you know, after you died and you're no longer in your body, you'd go, I'm not solid anymore. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm actually more powerful and more at peace now that I'm not trapped in that body than um than beforehand so your soul is bound down by your ego and your soul is always trying to get back to its original place of unconditional love so it's always prompting the ego to get you things that make you feel safe and secure or make you happy but the only way your ego can do that 
is through bonding with everything it likes. Oh, I like cheesecake. I like chocolate cake. I like that kind of booze. I like that kind of person. I want that kind of car. Rejecting things that it doesn't like. Oh, I, I don't like those people. I don't like that place. Um, you know, I want to feel safe and secure. I'm going to get a house. I'm going to lock myself in the house. I'm good. You know, mm. I protect myself. That's the only way the ego can do it. But you already know, because we already talked about this, the chasing of goals is a temporary feeling of happiness for your ego. And then it wears off. It becomes mundane and boring. And so what do you do? You set another goal to get another thing. And until you wake up and realize that all of these things that you're accumulating is not actually satisfying your soul that is actually wants to express unconditional love, you will just continue to keep doing that. And so this is a whole mechanism that's described scientifically and is because of what we now know with science, you can understand this conceptually. And then it's a matter of getting that into your belief system so that you can actually truly believe it. And that happens through a, a process of cleansing and then rebuilding your consciousness. And that happens through a process of meditation. Mm. So I meditate, not to scare anybody, you can start with 10 minutes and kind of move on to whatever you like. Oh, but I, I meditate 90 minutes to two hours every morning. Wow. I need to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a only there's a particular process, like I tried all kinds of meditations. There's a particular process I learned by going through this which gets you into the silence and the stillness and that's where you need to go mm. so you, you learn how to stop all of your thoughts in your mind and you go into this absolute area of silence and stillness that lets you connect with the source of your being right. and when you connect with the source of your being and that grows you will know at some point you will know what you know is true the unconditional love that the we're speaking love. about is there. Yeah. It's there. Absolutely. It is there. I see. That's excellent. So, I know this is really esoteric for people. Oh, <laughs> not for my you. people. That's all we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this is right up our alley. So for you, and I'll let you know this today, the um, Kindle version of my book is on sale for 99 cents us so that's not going to last for very long just on for a few days so hmm. uh if you want to grab a quick copy for yourself you can do that at 99 cents. definitely ref regular price is over six bucks right six, hmm. uh, i mean that's I that's not too bad either no it's not bad either i try to you know i want people to read this so i have not you know we haven't put out overpricing on this in any hmm. shape or form i want people to actually able to pick this book up and read it and you know if you get a print copy and um <clears throat> i hope a lot of so you know unfortunately there's algorithms these days right whether we're talking about facebook or we're talking about amazon or talking to any other thing i know it and so I know it. <laughs> so, the, so the way amazon works is that your book only stays alive if you make sales and you get amazon reviews that's the way for new authors so unless you're an established wayne dyer who's no longer with us but you know an established author new york times bestseller the only way is to try and get some sales and to get amazon reviews 
that's the only way your book stays alive. And so then you look at, well, how do you do this? You know, like for me, I want to get my book out and I'd like everybody to read it because I want them to be introduced to this material in a way which will have them be open to reading this material so they can make a decision for themselves. Because I can tell you, you can transform your life no matter where you are. You could be living in the slum and you can transform your life with this information. You could be living in a mansion in Hollywood and have all the money in the world and be as miserable as anybody else because money does not make you happy. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that. I'm not one who's had any large amount of money in my life, but <laughs> I know people who have, luckily enough. And they always say, you know, at least one person I know specifically, is I wish everyone could have everything they want and have all the money they want so they can realize that that's not the answer. It's it just not hard. Yet. It's hard as hell to convince people with no money <laughs> that money is not the answer to their problem. Well, and if you would have said that to me 20 years ago, I would have said, well, that might be true, but I'd like to try that out. Exactly. It's like, I at least <laughs> want to, the car is not the answer, but I'd like to try it first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, but, it, but I can tell you now at the point I'm at is, it is not the answer. You know, as long as we can feed ourselves and we can have a comfortable place to live, I'd rather everybody live, everybody have one house you know, with, for their family, you know, it might be 1,400, 1,600 square feet, and everybody only have one house. And, but everybody's sheltered and clothed and fed well. That's really and it. That's, and that's where we can get globally. We can feed everybody. We can shelter everybody. We can provide them clothes, or they can provide clothes to themselves. But we can get that way if we just stop being so greedy. Hmm. You know, if we if we change how we think and, you know, you think about all the things. So I'll use me as an example. You know, I collected a lot of crap over my lifetime, um, you know, computers and, you know, you name it. Right. And um, did it make me happy? Well, in the moment it did, but it didn't did it really make a difference in my life. No, I have like, you know, we had a twenty eight hundred square foot house full of all kinds of stuff that, you know, we ended up giving all kinds of stuff away when we downsized. I look back at my life now and I go, you know, all that money that I spent on all of those things that I buy over my lifetime, that would have been better served going in a bank account or going to a homeless shelter or going to help other people. Yeah. What do you have to show for it? You know, I see. Yeah. You can't take it with you. And I mean, my mom used to say that all the time. You can't take it with you. Oh, yeah, but it's nice to have while I'm here. <laughs> I'm still here, ain't I? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, these are the kinds of things that, you know, I just have an entirely new perspective on life. I, I know why I'm here. I know why I come back. I know what I need to do. And then I'm in a process. I'm a work in progress. I am by no means, you know, uh, messiah in any way shape or form i just want to share this information and let people make their own decision and i tell you if you embark on this journey it can be the most amazing journey that you will have in this lifetime hmm. and it will set you free huh. it really will well i'm curious it may just be me but I, i'm definitely curious to see these uh these methods you've compiled <laughs> Yeah, well, and, 
and I've made I you know my book is um, hopefully entertaining and easy to read. You know, I've had some good reviews. I've had some good reviews, and uh, I'll give you I'll like give you it. another good one. Just just from talking to you, I'm sure the book is the book is good. No no worries, no worries at all. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. That was that was great. An excellent ending point. Very natural for someone who hasn't done too many podcasts. It was very natural <laughs> for you to cool. come to a conclusion like that. But um, before I really close this out, uh, tell people where they can find you, uh, your book, any projects you're working on, if they want to connect with you, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So my website uh, I'll say it and then I'll spell it. It's uh, dneilelliot.com. So D for Donald and then Neil, N-E-I-L-E-L-L-I-O-T-T.com. All my social media and contact emails on that website. And um, I will be creating a newsletter, so you can sign up for a newsletter if you like. There is a free chapter available. You can make a request. It's under on that website under my, uh, under the book. And uh, if you scroll down a little bit, you can request a free chapter. Uh, that's the first chapter that describes kind of it's an introduction to the book and tells you what you're going to learn throughout the book. And the book is currently available on Amazon in print or ebook. Uh, it's on Apple in ebook, and you can get it at your local bookstores as well. Um, yeah. So, excellent. Those are all my contact information and. Uh, I'd please check it out and uh, please give it a read or, or buy it and give it as a gift for somebody because you never know who you're going to, you never judge, you can never judge the inner reality of another person. So someone that's really personable and happy and they might be absolutely miserable inside and you don't know it. You know, one of the most valuable things I found in talking to you, uh, you you're very very serene and you know understanding you come off very very understanding very um you know uh, the, the word i'm looking for just just a, a peaceful and inviting person but also your your scientific mind on things of spiritual context is something that's very refreshing like i'm someone who looks up you know uh quantum physics and you know these different schrodinger's cat no this is just because i like it i like understanding it and i like seeing science get closer to what i believe to be like spiritual reality and I, I like seeing them connect and so speaking with you and hearing your your take on this and uh you know understanding it at a subatomic level we are just energy is uh is very reassuring indeed I mean, it helps yeah me. well well, that's um, thank you, uh, and I'm glad that I'm glad that is helpful for you. And uh, yeah, so I look forward to, you know, perhaps uh, in the future we can have another conversation and uh, um, you know share, talk about this some more. Of course, I'll pick your brain. You got you got lots of knowledge in there, and I know you're just dying to share it. I'll be the recipient. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> you can share your secrets with me. So, all right. Uh, let me go ahead and let me hit the right button. Here we go. Sweet. That's going to do it for this episode of the Astro Mind Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me again, me and Neil. It was an excellent talk. I learned a lot from it. I hope you guys learned a lot from it as well. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, leave them in the comment section below. Uh, if you're trying to get a hold of Neil, all of his socials, his website, his book, Amazon links, all that's going to be in the description of this video so you guys can find it easier. 
And if you have any suggestions, like I said, please let me know. If you guys have someone you'd like to have on the podcast, things like that, let me know. I'm here for you guys to help you out with that. And my services are still available. If you want uh, counseling, one-on-one coaching, anything like that for me, you can find that on my website as well. I'm, I have a Patreon, and I thank my Patreons. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for everything you do. Uh, I'm starting a Discord, so if you guys are trying to message me for advice in long form, become a Patreon so you get access to the private Discord. That's how we're doing that from now on, because... <laughs> There are too many people for me to answer everyone at this point. I'm sorry. It's finally happened. Um, But blessings, love and light, namaste, and as always, never stop adventuring.